Chapter 2 of The Colored Cadet at West Point Autobiography of Lieutenant Henry Oshin Flipper, USA, First Graduate of Color from the U.S. Military Academy. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by James K. White. The Colored Cadet at West Point. Autobiography of Lieutenant Henry Oshin Flipper, USA. First graduate of color from the U.S. Military Academy. Chapter 2. Communications, etc. Having given in the previous chapter a brief account of myself, dropping now by permission the third person, prior to my appointment, I shall here give in full what led me to seek that appointment and how I obtained it. It was while sitting in his father's quiet shoe shop on Decatur Street, as a local paper had it, that I overheard a conversation concerning the then cadet from my own district. In the course of the conversation, I learned that this cadet was to graduate the following June, and that, therefore, a vacancy would occur. This was in the autumn of 1872, and before the election. It occurred to me that I might fill that vacancy, and I accordingly determined to make an endeavor to do so, provided the Republican nominee for Congress should be elected. He was elected. I applied for and obtained the appointment. In 1865 or 1866, I do not now remember which, perhaps it was even later than either, it was suggested to my father to send me to West Point. He was unwilling to do so, and, not knowing very much about the place, was reluctant to make any inquiries. I was then, of course, too young for admission, being only ten or twelve years old, and knowing nothing of the place myself, I did not care to venture the attempt to become a cadet. At the time I obtained the appointment, I had quite forgotten this early recommendation of my father's friend. Indeed, I did not recall it until I began compiling my manuscript. The suggestion given me by the conversation above mentioned was at once acted upon, and decision made in a very short time. And so fully was I determined, so absolutely was my mind set on West Point, that I persisted in my desire even to getting the appointment, staying at the academy four years, and finally graduating. The following communications will explain how I got the appointment. Footnote. It has been impossible for the author to obtain copies of his own letters to the Honorable Congressman who appointed him, which is to be regretted. The replies are inserted in such order that they will readily suggest the tenor of the first communications. Reply number one. Griffin, January 23, 1873. Mr. H. O. Flipper. Dear Sir, Your letter of the 21st, asking me as member-elect to Congress from this state to appoint you cadet to West Point, was received this morning. You are a stranger to me, and before I can comply with your request, you must get your teacher, Mr. James L. Dunning, P.M., Colonel H. P. Fenor, and other Republicans to endorse for you. Give me assurance you are worthy and well qualified, and I will recommend you. Yours respectfully, J. C. Freeman. Reply number two. 
Griffin, March 22, 1873. Mr. H. O. Flipper. Dear Sir, on my arrival from Washington, I found your letter of the 19th. I have received an invitation from the War Department to appoint or nominate a legally qualified cadet to the United States Military Academy from my district. As you were the first applicant, I am disposed to give you the first chance, but the requirements are rigid and strict, and I think you had best come down and see them. If, after reading them, you think you can undergo the examination without doubt, I will nominate you, but I do not want my nominee to fail to get in. Yours very respectfully, J.C. Freeman. Reply number 3. Griffin, Georgia, March 26, 1873. Mr. H. O. Flipper. Dear Sir, Your letter of the 24th to hand and contents noted. While your education may be sufficient, it requires many other qualifications, such as age, height, form, etc., soundness of lungs, limbs, etc. I will send you up the requirements if you desire them, and call upon three competent gentlemen to examine you, if you desire it. Let me hear from you again on the subject. Yours respectfully, J.C. Freeman. Reply number four. Griffin, March 28, 1873. Mr. H. O. Flipper. Dear Sir, yours of 26th at hand. I have concluded to send the paper sent me to J. A. Holtzclaw of Atlanta, present collector of internal revenue. You can call on him and examine for yourself. If you then think you can pass, I will designate three men to examine you, and if they pronounce you up to the requirements, I will appoint you. Yours truly, J. C. Freeman. Reply number 5. Griffin, April 5, 1873. Mr. H. O. Flipper. Dear Sir, the Board of Examiners pronounce you qualified to enter the Military Academy at West Point. You will oblige me by sending me your given name in full, also your age to a month, and the length of time you have lived in the 5th District, or in or near Atlanta. I will appoint you and send on the papers to the Secretary of War, who will notify you of the same. From this letter to me, you will have to be at West Point by the 25th day of May, 1873. Yours respectfully, J.C. Freeman. P.S. You can send letter to me without a stamp. Reply number 6. Griffin, April 17, 1873. Mr. Henry O. Flipper. Dear Sir, I this day enclose you papers from the War Department. You can carefully read and then make up your mind whether you accept the position assigned you. If you should sign up, direct and forward to proper authorities, Washington, D.C. If you do not accept, return the paper to my address, Griffin, Georgia. I am yours respectfully, J.C. Freeman. The papers, three in number, referred to in the above letter are the following war department washington april eleventh eighteen seventy three sir you are hereby informed that the president has conditionally selected you for appointment as a cadet of the united states military academy at west point should you desire the appointment 
you will report in person to the superintendent of the academy between the twentieth and twenty-fifth days of may eighteen seventy three when if found on due examination to possess the qualifications required by law and set forth in the circular hereunto appended you will be admitted with pay from july first eighteen seventy three to serve until the following january at which time you will be examined before the academic board of the academy should the result of this examination be favorable and the reports of your personal military and moral deportment be satisfactory your warrant of appointment to be dated july first eighteen seventy three will be delivered to you but should the result of your examination or your conduct reports be unfavorable you will be discharged from the military service unless otherwise recommended for special reasons by the academic board but will receive an allowance for traveling expenses to your home your attention is particularly directed to the accompanying circular and it is to be distinctly understood that this notification confers upon you no right to enter the military academy unless your qualifications agree fully with its requirements and unless you report for examination within the time specified you are requested to immediately inform the department of your acceptance or declination of the contemplated appointment upon the conditions annexed george m robeson acting secretary of war henry o flipper atlanta georgia through hon j c freeman m c circular roman numeral one candidates must be actual bona fide residents of the congressional district or territory for which their appointments are made and must be over seventeen and under twenty-two years of age at the time of entrance into the military academy but any person who has served honorably and faithfully not less than one year as an officer or enlisted man in the army of the united states either as a volunteer or in the regular service during the war for the suppression of the rebellion shall be eligible for appointment up to the age of twenty-four years they must be at least five feet in height and free from any infectious or immoral disorder and generally from any deformity disease or infirmity which may render them unfit for arduous military service they must be proficient in reading and writing in the elements of english grammar in descriptive geography particularly of our own country and in the history of the united states in arithmetic the various operations in addition subtraction multiplication and division reduction simple and compound proportion and vulgar and decimal fractions must be thoroughly understood and readily performed the following are the leading physical disqualifications one feeble constitution and muscular tenuity unsound health from whatever cause indications of former disease glandular swellings or other symptoms of scrofula two chronic cutaneous affections especially of the scalp three severe injuries of the bones of the head convulsions four impaired vision from whatever cause inflammatory affections of the eyelids immobility or irregularity of the iris fistula lacrimalis etc etc five deafness copious discharge from the ears six loss of many teeth or the teeth generally unsound seven 
impediment of speech. 8. Want of due capacity of the chest and any other indication of a liability to a pulmonic disease. 9. Impaired or inadequate efficiency of one or both of the superior extremities on account of fractures, especially of the clavicle, contraction of a joint, extenuation, deformity, etc., etc. 10. An unusual excurvature or incurvature of the spine. 11. Hernia. 12. A varicose state of the veins of the scrotum or spermatic cord, when large. Sarcocele, hydrocele, hemorrhoids, fistulas. 13. Impaired or inadequate efficiency of one or of both of the inferior extremities on account of varicose veins, fractures, malformation, flat feet, etc., lameness, contraction, unequal length, bunions, overlying or supernumerary toes, etc., etc. 14. Ulcers or unsound cicatrixes of ulcers likely to break out afresh. Every person appointed upon arrival at West Point is submitted to a rigid medical examination, and if any causes of disqualification are found to exist in him, to such a degree as may now or hereafter impair his efficiency, he is rejected. No person who has served in any capacity in the military or naval service of the so-called Confederate States during the late rebellion can receive an appointment as cadet at the Military Academy. Roman numeral two. The pay of a cadet is $500 per annum, with one ration per day, to commence with his admission into the Military Academy and is sufficient with proper economy for his support. Roman numeral three. Each cadet must keep himself supplied with the following mentioned articles, viz. One gray cloth coatee, one gray cloth riding jacket, one regulation great coat, two pairs of gray cloth pantaloons, for winter, six pairs of drilling pantaloons, for summer, one fatigue jacket, for the encampment, one black dress cap, one forage cap, one black stock, two pairs of ankle boots, six pairs of white gloves, two sets of white belts, seven shirts and twelve collars, six pairs winter socks, six pairs summer socks, four pairs summer drawers, three pairs winter drawers, six pocket handkerchiefs, six towels, one clothes bag, made of ticking, one clothes brush, one hairbrush, one toothbrush, one comb, one mattress, one pillow, two pillow cases, two pairs sheets, one pair blankets, one quilted bed cover, one chair, one tumbler, one trunk, one account book, and will unite with his roommate in purchasing for their common use one looking glass, one wash stand, one wash basin, one pail, and one broom, and shall be required to have one table of the pattern that may be prescribed by the superintendent. The articles marked thus, asterisk, candidates are required to bring with them. The others are to be had at West Point at regulated prices, 
and it is better for a candidate to take with him as little clothing of any description as is possible excepting what is marked and no more money than will defray his travelling expenses but for the parent or guardian to send to the treasurer of the military academy a sum sufficient for his necessary expenses until he is admitted and for his clothes etc thereafter the expenses of the candidate for board washing lights etc prior to admission will be about five dollars per week and immediately after being admitted to the institution he must be provided with an outfit of uniform etc the cost of which will be eighty eight dollars seventy nine cents if upon arrival he has the necessary sum to his credit on the books of the treasurer he will start with many advantages in a pecuniary point of view over those whose means are more limited and who must if they arrive as many do totally unprovided in this way go in debt on the credit of their pay a burden from which it requires many months to free themselves while if any accident compels them to leave the academy they must of necessity be in a destitute condition no cadet can receive money or any other supplies from his parents or from any person whomever without permission from the superintendent roman numeral four if the candidate be a minor his acceptance must be accompanied by the written consent of his parent or guardian to his signing articles binding himself to serve the united states eight years from the time of his admission into the military academy unless sooner discharged roman numeral five during the months of july and august the cadets live in camp engaged only in military duties and exercises and receiving practical military instruction the academic duties and exercises commence on the first of september and continue till about the end of june the newly appointed cadets are examined at the academy prior to admission and those not properly qualified are rejected examinations of the several classes are held in january and june and at the former such of the new cadets as are found proficient in studies and have been correct in conduct are given the particular standing in their class to which their merits entitle them after either examination cadets found deficient in conduct or studies are discharged from the academy unless for special reasons in each case the academic board should otherwise recommend these examinations are very thorough and require from the cadet a close and persevering attention to study without evasion or sliding of any part of the course as no relaxations of any kind can be made by the examiners roman numeral six a sound body and constitution a fixed degree of preparation good natural capacity an aptitude for study industrious habits perseverance an obedient and orderly disposition and a correct moral deportment are such essential qualifications that candidates knowingly deficient in any of these respects should not as many do subject themselves and their friends to the chances of future mortification and disappointment by accepting appointments to the academy and entering upon a career which they cannot successfully pursue method of examining candidates for admission into the military academy candidates must be able to read with facility from any book giving the proper intonation and pauses and to write portions that are read aloud for that purpose 
spelling the words and punctuating the sentences properly. In arithmetic, they must be able to perform with facility examples under the four ground rules, and hence must be familiar with the tables of addition, subtraction, multiplication, and division, and be able to perform examples in reduction and in vulgar and decimal fractions, such as add two-thirds to three-fourths, subtract two-fifths from five-sixths, multiply three-fourths by seven-eighths, divide two-fifths by three-eighths, add together two hundred and thirty-four thousandths, point two three four, twenty-six thousandths, point zero two six, and three thousandths, point zero zero three, subtract one hundred and sixty-one ten thousandths, point zero one six one, from twenty-five hundredths, point two five, multiply or divide twenty-six hundredths, point two six, by sixteen thousandths, point zero one six. They must also be able to change vulgar fractions into decimal fractions, and decimals into vulgar fractions, with examples like the following. Change fifteen sixteenths into a decimal fraction of the same value. Change one hundred and two thousandths, point one zero two, into a vulgar fraction of the same value. In simple and compound proportion, examples of various kinds will be given, and candidates will be expected to understand the principles of the rules which they follow. In English grammar, candidates will be required to exhibit a familiarity with the nine parts of speech and the rules and relation thereto, must be able to parse any ordinary sentence given to them, and, generally, must understand those portions of the subject usually taught in the higher academies and schools throughout the country, comprehended under the heads of orthography, etymology, syntax, and prosody. In descriptive geography, they are to name, locate, and describe the natural, grand, and political divisions of the earth, and be able to delineate any one of the states or territories of the American Union, with its principal cities, rivers, lakes, seaports, and mountains. In history, they must be able to name the periods of the discovery and settlement of the North American continent, of the rise and progress of the United States, and of the successive wars and political administrations through which the country has passed. The course of study and books used at the military academy. Books marked thus, asterisk, are for reference only. First year, fourth class. Department, textbooks, mathematics, Davies Boudon's algebra, Davies Legendre's geometry and trigonometry, Church's descriptive geometry, French language, Bolmar's Levisac's grammar and verb book, Agnel's tubular system, Berard's Lacan's français. Spears and Surin's Dictionary. Tactics of Artillery and Infantry. Practical instruction in the schools of the soldier, company, and battalion. Practical instruction in artillery. Use of small arms. Instruction in fencing and bayonet exercise. Second year, third class. Mathematics. 
church's descriptive geometry with its applications to spherical projections church's shades shadows and perspective davies surveying church's analytical geometry church's calculus french language bolmar's levisac's grammar and verb book berard's lacons francais chapsal's lacons et modeles de literature francais agnel's tubular system Rowan's Morceau Choisi des Autures Modernes, Spears and Surin's Dictionary, Spanish, Josie's Grammar, Morales's Progressive Reader, Ollendorf's Oral Method Applied to the Spanish by Velasquez and Simon, Swan's Newman and Beretti's Dictionary, Drawing, Topography, etc., Art of Penmanship. Tactics of Infantry, Artillery, and Cavalry Practical Instruction in the Schools of the Soldier, Company, and Battalion Practical Instruction in Artillery and Cavalry Third Year, Second Class Natural and Experimental Philosophy Bartlett's Mechanics, Bartlett's Acoustics and Optics, Bartlett's Astronomy Chemistry Phones Chemistry Chemical Physics from Miller. Drawing. Landscape. Pencil and colors. Tactics of infantry, artillery, and cavalry. Practical instruction in the schools of the soldier, company, and battalion. Practical instruction in artillery and cavalry. Practical military engineering. Myers' Manual of Signals. Practical and theoretical instruction in military signaling and telegraphy. Fourth Year, First Class Military and Civil Engineering and Sciences of War Mayans Field Fortification Mayans Outlines of Permanent Fortification Mayans Fortification and Stereotomy Mayans Advanced Guard and Outpost, etc. Mosley's Mechanics of Engineering Mineralogy and Geology Dana's Mineralogy Hitchcock's Geology Ethics and Law French's Practical Ethics Halleck's International Law Kent's Commentaries, Portion on Constitutional Law Law and Military Law, by Professor French Benet's Military Law and the Practice of Courts Martial Tactics of Artillery, Cavalry, and Infantry United States Tactics for Cavalry Practical Instruction in the Schools of the Soldier, Company, and Battalion Practical Instruction in Artillery and Cavalry Ordnance and Gunnery Benton's Ordnance and Gunnery Practical Pyrotechny Practical Military Engineering Practical Instruction in Fabricating Fascines, Sap Faggots, Gabions, hurdles, sap rollers, etc. Manner of laying out and constructing gun and mortar batteries, field fortifications, and works of siege. Formation of stockades, abatis, and other military obstacles, and throwing and dismantling pontoon bridges. Myers' Manual of Signals, 
practical instruction in military signaling and telegraphy the second paper was a printed blank a letter of acceptance or non-acceptance to be filled up as the case may be signed by myself countersigned by my father and returned to washington d c the third which follows is simply a memorandum for use of the candidate memorandum it is suggested to all candidates for admission into the military academy that before leaving their place of residence for west point they should cause themselves to be thoroughly examined by a competent physician and by a teacher or instructor in good standing by such an examination any serious physical disqualification or deficiency in mental preparation would be revealed and the candidate probably spared the expense and trouble of a useless journey and the mortification of rejection the circular appended to the letter of appointment should be carefully studied by the candidate and the examiners it should be understood that the informal examination herein recommended is solely for the convenience and benefit of the candidate himself and can in no manner affect the decision of the academic and medical examining boards at west point Note there being no provision whatever for the payment of the traveling expenses of either accepted or rejected candidates for admission no candidate should fail to provide himself in advance with the means of returning to his home in case of his rejection before either of the examining boards as he may otherwise be put to considerable trouble inconvenience and even suffering on account of his destitute situation if admitted the money brought by him to meet such a contingency can be deposited with the treasurer on account of his equipment as a cadet or returned to his friends after i had secured the appointment the editor of one of our local papers which was at the time publishing weekly i think brief biographies of some of the leading men of the city together with cuts of the persons themselves desired to thus bring me into notoriety I was duly consulted, and objecting, the publication did not occur. My chief reason for objecting was merely this. I feared some evil might befall me while passing through Georgia en route for West Point, if too great a knowledge of me should precede me, such, for instance, as a publication of that kind would give. At this interview several other persons, white of course, were present, and one of them after relating the trials of cadet smith and the circumstances of his dismissal which apropos had not yet occurred as he would have me believe advised me to abandon altogether the idea of going to west point for said he them northern boys won't treat you right i have a due proportion of stubbornness in me i believe as all of the negro race are said to have and my southern friend might as well have advised an angel to rebel as to have counseled me to resign and not go he was convinced too before we separated that no change in my determination was at all likely to occur next day in a short article the fact of my appointment was mentioned and my age and degree of education some days after this while in the post office a gentleman beckoned to me and we withdrew from the crowd he mentioned this article, and after relating, indeed repeating to my amusement, the many hardships to which I should be subjected, and after telling me he had a very promising son, candid, wasn't he, whom he desired to have educated at West Point, offered me for my appointment 
the rather large sum of five thousand dollars this i refused instantly i had so set my mind on west point that having the appointment neither threats nor excessive bribes could induce me to relinquish it even if i had not possessed sufficient strength of character to resist them otherwise however as i was a minor i referred him to my father i have no information that he ever consulted him if he had my reply to him would have been sustained i afterward had reason to believe the offer was made merely to test me as i received from strangers expressions of confidence in me and in my doing faithfully all that might devolve upon me from my appointment end of chapter two recording by james k white chula vista